Hello, classmates. Welcome to another episode of Middle Class Film Class. I'm your host this week, Tyler. I'm Peter. And I'm Joseph. And today we are going to be diving into a summer blockbuster hit, Blue Valentine. really much of a trailer as far as audio wise but i encourage everyone to yeah. watch the trailer it's a beautifully cut trailer i it, i think it captures There's the no, essence uh, of what the movie is about it, it's a very visual trailer i mean obviously there's no like in a world ryan gosling <laughs> gary mullen <laughs> michelle williams actually Mo- never mind aka kirsten dunst aka michelle williams <laughs> yeah um but yeah, yeah, I can't. I, it. Yes, it's this is going to be an interesting movie to get into. Uh, but first, find some charity, you lad. Now's the time for dab and chatter. All right. So, uh, Pete, do you have any news stories, gabbing or chattering to be had? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I have one uh, interesting uh, news story that I think that. Tyler would be kind of into. Oh. Um, so we talked about Brendan Fraser on the show quite oh, a bit. God back, damn it. Back, back in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Aha, I win. I'm first. <laughs> um, yes, I'm yeah, a, we, we're stands for Brendan Fraser. Yes, well, some of us more than others, but uh, definitely, definitely he's, uh, <laughs> he's got a soft spot on the middle class film class uh, crew. So Darren Aronofsky has a new movie uh, coming out probably next year, maybe the year after, called The Whale. It's produced by A24, and it's going to be starring Brendan Fraser as a 600-pound recluse hiding away from the world, slowly <laughs> eating himself to death, given one last chance at redemption. And so, the title is Whale? The Whale. <laughs> oh, my God. That's... <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a Onion or Hard Times article? It, it, it does. The headline sounds sounds like a parody article. <laughs> is it, but, uh, is Brendan Fraser actually going to put on this weight too for the movie? Like, is he no, he's, eating himself to six hundred pounds for the Academy Award his, that he rightly deserves? He's already at his goal weight that, that he reaches at the end of the movie. You know, uh, two twenty five or three twenty five. So he's he's doing okay. So this is like a uh, art uh, hipster version of my six hundred pound life. I guess. <laughs> I guess we'll we'll see. I mean I, I mean the, all the names are there. Aronofsky, A twenty four, Fraser, Whale. <laughs> you know, it's good. Fraser, good things. Kelsey Grammer. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Kelsey Grammer. David, David Hyde Pierce playing his brother. Oh my God! Uh, I, it, no, I really. feel like but you guys I, should be involved in this project. <laughs> How do you know or not? Oh my God, I'm a, I'm a EP. Um, <laughs> no, it's a, it should be it should be exciting. I don't know. I, I, I like it. I like the idea. And the weirder the better, you know. Uh, Brendan Fraser is a 600 pound recluse. Let's do it. I mean, 
there's been kind of like a renaissance for Brendan Fraser uh, recently with the Showtime show he's a part of. I can't recall what that uh, show is called, but apparently he's really good in it. And so, you know, I look forward to see him, you know, crescendoing into more dramatic roles. Where's the, uh, yeah, we're yeah. going to have the Fraser, uh, Fraser Sons. We had the, the Ma- Fraser Sons, yeah. We had the Keanu Sons. Um, now it's Brendan <laughs> now Fraser's it's up Brendan to Fraser time. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And um, also, uh, one thing that we, we just to, recap last week we talked about oh, was it last week or the week before i think it was the week before we talked about um yeah because last week was tather and company so on <laughs> <laughs> uh, on it must must have been marriage story or passion of the christ we talked about uh adam's uh red museum substitute um oh yeah program he's doing with these uh, streaming movies on twitch and mm-hmm. you know, getting together as a, as a group of moving loving fans and watching this movie on late night on friday night yeah, um, we, we watched "To Live and Die in L.A." with him and a bunch of bunch of friends, um, new oh, friends. That was so good. Old friends um, on the Twitch uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was it was a blast. I had a really fun time. So, yeah. um, Adam hit me up and told me he's going to be doing another one this Friday. Oh, um, yeah. No, no details quite yet. I don't have specifics. Um, I'll probably shoot him a message while you guys are doing news and see if he wants to hop on for a quick call and give us the details. But uh, it was a blast. It was a really good time, and uh, we put. If you if you don't know what Twitch is, it's it's a streaming platform service for mainly video games, where you you can mirror your TV or your screen on your computer, and then talk over it or chat over it. Or, and there's always a chat box going for everyone who's on the stream. And um, I put the Twitch TV on my TV at home through my PlayStation, and then yeah. had the chat function on my phone, and uh, was able to. Lay on my couch and watch this schlocky uh, uh, Billy Billy Freaks Billy Fred uh, movie. Yeah, the old <laughs> Billy Freaks freaking uh, Willem Dafoe uh, masterpiece. That was uh, it was to, it was really to good. live and die in L.A. It was uh, there were so many great cop cliches in there. You know, laundering money, watching the guy create the the, the stamp to launder or to create the money uh, for counterfeit counterfeit twenties. A lot uh, of ball talk too. Yeah, talking, a lot of balls talking talk. Balls. You see dong. Uh, yeah. There's a, a great chase scene that se- it would seemed uh, really erratic and you know stress inducing. Um, you love your chase scenes. Yes, I do. Uh, what else? Uh, guy gets killed two days before retirement. <laughs> great, <laughs> right. great cop tropes. So, anyways, yeah. we'll promote that on the Facebook page again. So, if you're not following us already, follow us on Facebook.com/slash MCFC Podcast. And we'll link to the uh, Twitch stream once it's uh, once we get details on it. So uh, that's all I have to talk about. Uh, Joseph, what do you got? Well, to add on to the Brendan Fraser Aronofsky thing, um, in this article that I've uh, that I read, um, it's uh, along with the announcement of this movie, The Whale. Um, it comes off the heels of another announcement from A24 and Alex Garland, another sci-fi Alex Garland movie um, oh, that cool. is going to be coming out. I don't think there's a title yet or anything. It's just um, basically saying that these movies were announced around the same time. Um, and both okay. both of the director's previous movies were not uh, box office successful. 
um, with what was Aronofsky's Garland's last movie? mother was Aronofsky's last movie, um, which was an insane movie that didn't make a lot of money. Um, really, really impressive though. Yeah, it's very allegorical. Um, <laughs> and uh, Garland's movie uh, Annihilation that was the last one that he made, right? Oh yeah, Exceeded. that was that's a shame that it didn't. I I mean I understand why it didn't make a lot. Well, it's hard. It's general audiences suck. That's really what it comes <laughs> down to. They don't know what is good. They they just want to see uh you know Ant Man going into Thanos's ass and expanding. That's all they and want. A, that and Tom Cruise. That yeah, and Tom Cruise um, too. Love their Tom. They love their Tom Cruise. So we have two movies to look forward to, which is Aronofsky's Brendan Fraser. Uh, version of My 600-Pound Life and <laughs> a new science fiction movie directed by Alex Garland, also under A24. So, no, no details, yeah. though? No, well, I mean, not in this article. But, um, yeah, I guess it was already uh, announced, but I guess we missed that. Did hmm. you guys see the uh, Alex Garland uh, limited series that he did for Hulu called Devs? No. I heard about it. I heard it, I, I heard it was impressive, but... Yeah, the it first the first like few episodes, it's kind of slow, but at the end, one, mm-hmm. it really pays off, and it it deals in in the uh, the idea of um, free will or lack of free will. Like every everything is destined to happen the way it happens, no matter what you do. I feel and like that's Garland's like forte is like <clears throat> dealing with free will, especially like with a movie like Ex Machina. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very it's it's AI ish. It's it's like Black Mirror ish, mm-hmm. and um, the one main actress I, I kind of didn't I didn't care for her take on the role, but it paid off near the end, and it was it's worth it. But it's I mean I want to say it's like six or eight episodes, so it's a kind of a commitment. It's not like just sitting down and watching a two hour movie. Yeah, it's mm. it's, ten, it's eight hours worth or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's 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 really good if you like Garland. Uh, it's worth watching just for to be a completionist. <laughs> yeah, to get that to get that platinum trophy. That's right. 100%. Um, and then, then another kind of good news for a main actor um, from Sound of Metal, Riz Ahmed. He won Best Actor at the 30th Annual Gotham Awards. Um, oh, cool. I, yeah. And um, I mean, well deserved. Well deserved. I don't know much about the Gotham Awards uh, other than there's 30 of them. Um, <laughs> and they take place uh, in Goth- Gotham also, City. all the. Uh, the nominees for best feature were all directed by women. Interesting. Uh, which include First Cow, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, Nomadland, and St. Francis. Um, okay. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and that's pretty much all I got in terms of news. All right. Well, uh, can't wait for Brendan Fraser's uh, comeback or the Fraser Sants. Yeah, and uh, the unknown Garland movie, I had no idea about. I am a huge fan of Annihilation and Ex Machina, so I I look forward to whatever he has uh, in store for us. Yeah, uh, for us plebes. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, uh, I have a couple of news stories as well, and I will start off with the one that doesn't uh, make me uh, boil in my blood. Uh, the first one, Dungeons and Dragons, is going to be a TV series, and the writer of John Wick is apparently tagged on to this project. Um, hmm. So 
That should be how, how many How many pages do you think John Wick's script was? It was just uh, this guy gets his dog killed and this Russian guy's to blame and he's got a cool car and he kills everyone. Well, <laughs> well actually, I heard the scripts were notoriously long because he was describing the sounds of bullets going next to uh, people's <laughs> ears. And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot. A lot of the lines are just a zzz, zzz. <laughs> thwack and, punch sound. Yeah, thwack. Yeah, <laughs> he tried to make this. He tried to make his script into a storyboard, but it just didn't really work out with the actors. Uh, Keanu insisted on words instead of pictures. It's <laughs> written by Charlie Day. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so according to the Hollywood Reporter, even as Paramount and Hasbro's film studio, which I didn't even know existed are casting their live-action film about Dungeons and Dragons. And, uh, yeah, there's not really anything more about it. We all know Dungeons and Dragons tried to break out into the movie scene in the early 2000s with a very, very not good acclaim. It was not a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was bold, it? but it just it didn't work out. So, did, did, you see, did you see it? Oh yeah, yeah, I saw it, and it's it's not good. I haven't seen it in a while, but the last time I saw it, I was like, oh, I I'm not into this. This is not what I think of when I think of Dungeons and Dragons. It's kind of like Better. a Reign of Fire, you know how like oh. when when you think of like dragons, you think of medieval knights sort of scenery. But instead, they're in this like post-apocalyptic like world with like dragons. It's interesting concept. It just on paper, it just doesn't really like work on a big screen. So Rain of for Fire's it, in my uh, top top three movies where McConaughey's bald in. No, it's yeah, unrecognizable. Yeah. With that yeah. or uh, <laughs> uh, Texas uh, Chainsaw. What was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre he was in? I think it was uh, like the th- third th- one. The third. Yeah, I think it was three. Yeah, he's got like the <laughs> robot leg or something. Yeah. Um, I so I mean I'm cautiously optimistic, especially with the success of Game of Thrones and The Witcher. The wit yeah The Witcher. Uh, I think that they'll be able to craft. You know what I was thinking is they could do a sort of like anthology series with Dungeons and Dragons because Dungeons and Dragons is. imaginary based game whatever you you want it to be yeah exactly i mean you have a story to follow but all the characters do their own thing based on what you want them to do i think that this could work out so i'm cautiously optimistic we'll see um and then the next one the next one has got me raged wait what how dare you you're watching this on your free time what do you mean it doesn't make any sense how dare you say that swank is a whole nother conversation (laughs) hatred for avatar already dissuaded all ages you're watching it too Uh, (laughs) it's entertaining what's it what are you what are you so mad about tyler tell us all right all right so kevin smith reveals clerk's three script pages after he finishes his first draft now, oh boy, this is this is I just it's asinine to even hear that there's a Clerks three even in the works because Clerks one ended with the idea that there didn't have to be a sequel. Okay, fine, you know I can live Clerks with Clerks two. one, and then they made Clerks two, which is 
okay, it's not bad. It's a little, it kind of strays off from what Clerks 1 was all about, but it still works. Like the writing was still pretty strong, like, and the plot was interesting enough. Mm-hmm. But they ended Clerks 2 as if like, that was it. Nothing yeah. needs to be said. Now I hear goddamn Clerks 3 coming out uh, with the first draft script. <laughs> but I, how dare they? Like, and to make even matters worse, so Kevin Smith posted on his Instagram like this first like you know paragraph, and I'm just gonna read it to you right here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it says pre-dawn to the opening piano notes of My Chemical Romance's Welcome to the Black Parade, which, as everyone knows me in real life, I have a virulent hatred for that album. We review the old landmark, Quick Stop Groceries. There she stands, moments before the day breaks, her sign still illuminated in the diminishing darkness of Leonardo. And then (laughs) then it says the lyrics of the goddamn My Chemical Romance song. Then a car pulls up. (laughs) Headlights reflecting off the closed steel shutters close on the car door opening. A pair of boots hit the ground, reveal Dante as he heads to the front door of Quick Stop. And then more My Chemical Romance lyrics. And I just, I, 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 I feel like Kevin Smith, like, stalked me and my social media. And he's like, what can I do to piss Tyler off the most? <laughs> this was it. This, I, I feel like this is a personal attack on me. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, what, what Dante what, was not even working at the quick stop at the second one. How is he going back to this? I just, it, uh, I mean, he's, I have he's not, lost uh, his, uh, he's lost his health insurance because Obamacare was repealed. Oh, wait, that didn't happen. <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> and it's all he can do. It's all he knows. That and video rentals. I, well, I, I, but he's he's managing a movies at the end of the uh, second Clerks, so spoilers. I don't understand. Spoilers! On, the movie's been out for like most. I wanted to watch well, that. Well, spoiler alert: he's working at a fa- <laughs> he's managing a fast food restaurant, um, an unnamed so, fast food restaurant. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just I'm just so sick of Kevin Smith going back to this universe. It, just let it. Let it be. Yeah, but you know, then he's no, gonna make movies like Tusk, and we don't want that. It, I was just, well, I was just gonna say we see, we know what happens when he makes tries to expand his horizons. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we're on the same vibe length here because that's exactly what I was thinking too. I was like, well, on the bright side, though, this prevents him from writing another Tusk. Imagine if yeah. if instead of Clerks three, he made a Tusk two. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't Boogaloo. put. I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> Um, uh, did you guys see yeah, Red the, State? That was that was pretty good. Yeah, Red State is good. Red State is good. very good. I it's I a, it's a g- good satire. Uh, shoot 'em up, uh, kind of like a, oh gosh, Devil's Rejects light kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, less uh, corny. Like I feel like Red yeah. State was very much based in reality rather than Devil's Rejects. It's got John Goodman in it too. Can't go wrong. Oh yeah, that's true too. I feel like John Goodman was really carrying that movie the whole time. <clears throat> oh my god, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, where he's the one who's carrying that movie. Like all the other actors are just, yeah, you know, they're they're okay, they're competent, they can do what they need to do to move the plot forward. But John Goodman, he really makes it a charismatic story. All right. Yeah. Um, so, so, nobody mentions three, Army three. Hammer. I. Who's Army Hammer? You don't know what's going on with Army Hammer? 
I, no, what's I, that? Oh my god. All right. <laughs> okay, Tell us. All right. I can't believe you guys have are not, not aware no. of this. I never even heard of it. What Army Hammer. No so Army Hammer who is who plays uh both twins in the social network. Um mm. and the Lone Ranger and uh Call Me by Your yeah. Name and uh the man from Uncle good, and some other movies. Good looking dude. Yeah. He you haven't seen what's going on with him? No. He's like on a downward spiral. Because like, he, was he a part of the insurrection? No, it was it was revealed, like 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 text messages or messages were revealed that he is like into cannibalism, and <laughs> what? what? Seriously, you guys have not been looking this up. It's been like no, no. oh my god, I'm no, surprised you guys haven't. And nobody in your social circles have not brought it up. No, I haven't. I haven't seen it at all. That's it. That's uh. That's a first for me. No yeah. shit. Are you serious? So like Dude, he, he is like his ex <laughs> his ex wife who was married to for ten years and they have like a kid together or a couple kids together. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um is like a like she's like believes all of this shit. Um even though like he I don't think in their relationship he was like that. Um and all these like videos of him of him like him himself filming like he, there was a video of him driving a car, licking white powder off some guy's hand, and like <laughs> drinking. And there's this other video that he made of like a hotel room that he's what taking. The hell, he took a tour. Like he's like making like a like this fake video tour of like this hotel room, casually. And like he's, he enters through the front door, shows the bathroom, the hallway, all this stuff. And then he gets to the bedroom, and then there's like a woman who's like in lingerie on all fours on the bed. And just like kind of pan, like casually pans by her, and like and then the video ends, and it's like just like he's just like in this scandal of some kind. I don't know. It's, it's, so this is is he trying to pull a Joaquin Phoenix? I don't know. I was never really here. That's what I. That's what cannibalism. I, that's what I thought, and that's like okay. part it's, of me kind of like thinks, it. but it doesn't feel like it. That's his his wife wakes up to him nibbling on her finger. <laughs> Like he, Honey, what are you like, doing? Like he has like, he's like I want. He sent messages to somebody saying that he wants to eat them. Army, where's the where's the dog? <laughs> that's not that's not cannibalism. Well, no, but he's building his he's, way up uh, to it. He's basting her foot in like a. He a did. Oh, pan. he did say that he he pulled an animal's heart out and ate it while it was still warm. What uh, the hell? Yeah. How did, <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, well, uh, you heard it here. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, so that's kind of what's going on. I'm surprised you guys are not aware. Have not been. No. Well, I we're gonna we're we're gonna do a deep dive into that and uh, post on the Facebook page. Yeah, (laughs) we we got to. I feel like at this point, what is your take? uh, Topic of discussion. What is your take on Army Hammer? Do you think he's in the right or uh, not? (laughs) (laughs) Is Army Hammer a cannibal? Discuss (laughs) Discuss <laughs> and go. Um, I, oh, yeah, man, exactly. Would, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. So allegedly. For legal purposes. Allegedly. It's, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I don't know what the fuck's Could, going on. That's that's crazy. Right, that, cool. that 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 overshadows every news story that we've ever done on this show. <laughs> yeah, wow. I don't care. Eat people. Eat people for all I care. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, uh, let's get into some streaming picks. Movies. 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 
Movies. Uh, uh, thank you, Bruce. Uh, wait, let's <laughs> yeah. plug his show. What what show is he on again? Uh, Bruce has a Bruce has a podcast called Find Your Film. Um, it's available on Spotify, uh, iTunes. It's more. It's 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 really just they kind of just bring a lot of movies to the uh, to the show and showcase kind of deep stuff you may not have ever heard of or stuff you should you should have caught when it was new, and then they'll spotlight uh, different uh, famous uh, directors. So that's uh, Bruce and uh, Eric Holmes and Greg Sersavosti. So they uh, they have a pretty pretty good show. It's really for if you want to dive deep into some movies, that's it. But find your film. So thanks thanks for the music, Bruce, and yeah. thanks for the shout out last uh, last week. Appreciate that, buddy. Um, speaking of Bruce, also he was on the uh, on the movie stream. So yeah, he was. Should, you guys should get on the next one. I think uh, Adam confirmed with me. He's gonna, we're going to call him in a, in a little bit and and give him the the specifics. Um, Great. As for my streaming picks, I have two this week. Uh, one, which I've been putting off for quite a long time from last year, called Waves. Mm-hmm. Um, paired up with uh, Driveways to make the perfect movie, Drive Waves. Mm-hmm. That's just <laughs> to say. Um, <laughs> so this is a kind of a kind of a heart wrenching movie. Um, yeah, it's it's set in Florida. It follows a, a high school teenage boy. Um, he's a senior in high school, wrestling star, promising future, and he's got kind of an overbearing dad who's um, played by, let's see, who is his dad? Sterling K. Brown, and you may know him from This Is Us if you watch that show. Um, <clears throat> and basically the, the plot goes like he he's being pushed by his dad to be better and better. He's got a girlfriend, and... Um, some shit goes down between him and his girlfriend and they break up and he kind of loses his shit and he does something that he regrets. Um, he also has like an injury that he won't, is not paying attention to that uh, his dad just kind of shrugs off and he doesn't want to listen to the doctors when they tell him not to wrestle anymore because he thinks his dad's not going to love him if he doesn't wrestle or whatever. And it's it's a really interesting look at like a, a family dynamic and halfway through the movie, it has a really hard cut and shift to a completely different movie. Like you follow different characters, you have different tone, you have different themes, and then you get introduced to Lucas Hedges, who's also in this. Um, so Kelvin Harrison Jr. plays the young man who he was super, super fantastic uh, in the acting department. Um, some uh, really, really emotional scenes. Um, and the reason why I wanted to watch this, besides the fact that it was... Um, brought up on a lot of like top 10 lists and stuff and everybody was talking about how great it was, but it's directed and written by Trey Edward Schultz, who I mentioned a few weeks back, who wrote and directed Krisha on a small budget and then did um, It Comes at Night, which I enjoyed as well. So um, Young Filmmaker, this is his third, I think, feature movie and it was a fucking home run. It's a really, really good movie. Um, and this is streaming on, let's see what platform, Showtime is where I watched it. Um, you guys should get Showtime. Joseph just got Showtime. There's so many good movies on there. Um, have you guys heard anything about Waves, good or bad? Oh, I've, I've heard it's good. It's, it's, it, it's, it's, it lives up to the hype. I, I, I have not heard of Waves, but, uh... I think I'm still on my free trial of Showtime, mm-hmm. so uh, definitely. Oh, cool! Something to check, check it out. out. 
really do check it out before it expires because it, it was great. It's a little long. It's two hours, 20 minutes, but uh, it tells two very distinct stories that do interlock. And it, it seemed kind of like a Derek Cien Fran movie, so it was fitting that we're talking about it in this episode. Um, and then the other movie that I watched, which I also really enjoyed and would recommend, is called Wolf Walkers from 2020. And this is only available, though, on Apple TV+, Plus, um, which I didn't even know we had, but... I was talking. Let's to say I was about like, it. "You have Apple TV?" I guess. Mm. Yeah, I think Bree. Ha- I think Bree gets it. She got it for, I don't know. Like she got a she got a new phone or something, and it came, it came with it, which is a weird future that we live in now. Yeah, you get streaming movies based off of the. My, yeah, my buy. parents got something, and then they ended up with. I think they they only get it for like three months or something like that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how. I think it's a year that we have it. Or maybe it's um, a year. I don't know. It's not like a... The interesting thing about Apple TV Plus is that you can link all your other accounts to it. So your Showtime, your HBO, Hulu, Netflix, you link all of it to that. And then you can basically access all of those accounts through Apple TV. Hmm. So it's like a media center hub sort of thing. They're trying to make that the destination you go to when you flip your TV on. Oh, interesting. Which I don't know if it work, it's going to work great or not. I mean, in my experience, when I streamed the movie, there was some... Uh, encoding and downloading issues that kind of prevented the stream to be super clean. Yeah. So that wasn't wasn't a great sign. But the movie itself, Wolfwalkers, was a very, very fun uh, kids movie, animated kids movie. Um, it's done in hand-drawn images. It's not, it's not like 3D CGI. It's not, uh, I don't, I don't know, you know, it, it's not done like, Pixar or any of the classic old Disney movies, it's almost done like sketches, colored in sketches. So you see some of the wireframes in like the wolf's bodies as they run and stuff. So mm. it's like certain things get a ton of detail put into them and certain things are left like almost half rendered. And it, But it, it really works. It sounds bad, but it, it really works. Um, and it's a story of a, a young girl who's, it's set in 19 or 1650 Ireland, Kilkenny, Ireland, when their settlements are trying to expand into the Irish, Irish countryside. And there's a pack of wolves that lives in the, uh, the forest outside of uh, Kilkenny, out of their establishment. Did this get and a theatrical release? Like, is this like an older movie or did this come out during the pandemic? It was a tw- it's 2020. Okay. I don't know if it got a theatrical release. I probably doubt it because it's uh, Apple TV exclusive. Oh, okay. So maybe they just bought it. Yeah, from they probably the person. they probably picked it up like Netflix does uh, quite often and just shows it showed it on their platform. Well, you know, uh, I I'm not a fan of children's movies very often, but the fact that it's hand drawn, it kind of give it gives it some credits credit. Yeah. Cred, uh, to you know the artistic value of you know animation, so that you know I. I don't have Apple TV, so I don't know when I'll ever watch this. But if it comes across my plate, opp- I'll definitely. Yeah. If you yeah. have the opportunity, you should you should check it out. And yeah. the the father of the of the young hunt, wannabe huntress uh, is like the main hunter that the Lord, what do they call him, Lord Provider or something. He's like the guy that the king has bestowed to oversee this settlement. Um, so he hires uh, the father. Of the young girl, and it's it's voiced by he's voiced by Sean Bean, Sean oh. Bean himself. Hmm. Yeah, does he die in this one too? I guess you're gonna have to wait. For oh, him. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's a really beautiful movie, and it's it's like it kind of feels like, um, gosh, like Brave crossed with um, 
and shoot, what other animated movie was it? Like Big Hero Six, kind of. Hmm. I don't know. It's okay. it was it was in, it's the tone is good. It's very sweet, and the animation is great. There's a lot of detail put into the animals, and you can tell, like the people are drawn, you know, great. But the animals are drawn much much better. Like they almost have a reverence for the nature. Right. The forest is beautifully done, and the way they do some of the transitions is like it'll sweep out from transitioning from one scene to the next and it'll it'll like sweep away all the color and leave all the wire framing and then sweep away that and then come back the opposite way come into a new scene with all the wire frame of the animals and then the color interspersing in Hmm. it's really it it was really great well it sounds like it had a yeah it sounds like it had a big impact on you yeah it was it was it's one of the better animated movies I've seen in quite some time. Right. So I, I liked it. And the story was good, too. Um, I won't say much more about it, but uh, give it a watch if you have Apple TV, Wolfwalkers. All right. Well, I look forward to having the opportunity to watch it. Uh, Joseph, what are your streaming picks this week? So I have um, kind of an interesting selection of movies. Um, I'm going to start with these two. They're a little bit more obvious. I'm going to call them uh, Tyler Tyler picks because of how how dare you how well known they <laughs> how these dare are. You. Um, uh, Terminator Two streaming on Showtime. Oh, only only movie. Terminator Two is streaming on Showtime. What? Yeah, not, okay. not Terminator One. I think maybe hmm, maybe like the newer ones are streaming there. I don't know. But I was like, I just really wanted to watch T Two for some reason. Uh, just because it's like it's a really it's great fun action movie, and I think mm-hmm. we were talking about it like maybe two weeks ago, and I have to like uh, uh, do some like redactions here because I think we got the plot all wrong on our <laughs> when we were talking. <laughs> yeah, about we were it. all over the place on that. <laughs> so the first one, John Connor is not in the first one. It's just Sarah Connor, and right. it's it's uh, somebody John Connor sends somebody else back in time to protect her. And then, spoiler alert, he dies at the end. Um, and then Terminator 2, John Connor is a kid, and Sarah Connor is in a psych ward. Um, and um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger comes back as uh, the good Terminator to protect John Connor. And um, the T-1000 comes to kill John Connor. And Sarah Connor is just hell-bent on uh, protecting John Connor. Um, and trying to stop uh the chip the chip from being made which yeah, the, is interesting the main microchip because they have the they have the remnants of the first terminator they like they base the chip on the first terminators like they found an arm from the first movie and so it's like mm-hmm. it's interesting how time travel works it's always like it's paradoxical it's like it's like if they stop the chip from being made then then the terminator would not be sent back in time to protect John Connor. And to none, help them none of this, being none of this would have happened, you know? Like, it don't you make know, no damn sense. Um, even, even deeper paradox on that is that uh, the general that uh, John Connor sent back in the future on the first one was the one who knocked up Sarah Connor and, er, and sired John Connor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they bang in, in T1, and then John Connor is made. Yeah. So wrap your mind around that one. It's... It's, it's kind of like going back in time and killing Hitler. It's like going back in time and killing your grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or banging your mom and birthing yourself like uh, like Fry from Futurama. Yeah, so if you like, if you, or I mean, in, in Back to the Future, I mean, he at least fades away, you know. Um, at least he starts to fade away um, until he uh, fixes it and uh, makes Johnny be good. 
Um, <laughs> which, by the by the way, can we all agree that Marty McFly definitely finger banged his own mom? <laughs> I mean, they had That's, to keep the movie PG, but uh, uh, you know, if I think you want honestly, to think that. I think you want to think. That. That's not. That's absolutely not true at all. I think we can infer what happens. In I don't that think part. anybody infers that. All right. <laughs> like, calm down, Oedipus. It's this is this is a kids movie. Yeah. <laughs> Next, you're gonna think he gouged his own eyes out. Well, um, yeah. So that's T2 streaming on Showtime. Everybody should watch it if you haven't seen it anyway. Um, the uh, next to the list. The next one, another '80s movie um, that. I think most people have heard of, but maybe not all of everybody has seen it. Um, Highlander. Oh, yes. Highlander, starring uh, one Christopher Lambert. and The only uh, one. And um, Christopher Lambert, as you may know him as Raiden from the Mortal Kombat movie. Um, yeah, most and, famous for his and, uh, <laughs> role in Mortal Kombat. Uh, actually, Highlander. Um <laughs> Um, <laughs> Sean Connery playing a uh, no playing an Egyptian dressed as a Spaniard. Um, <laughs> it's and, so weird. Um, you know what's funny is that this movie takes place like some of this movie takes place in Ireland, and they have Sean Connery playing a Egyptian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dressed as a Spaniard, <laughs> and I don't know. Um, but uh, this movie, if you haven't watched it, it's pretty entertaining. It also stars uh, Mr. Krabs as. Um, <laughs> As, Clancy Brown? Yeah, Clancy Brown as, uh, I think his name is Kurgan. Um, yeah, Victor Clancy Kurgan. Crabs. <laughs> um, he's basically the villain in this movie who is out to out to kill uh, Connor McCloud um, of the McCloud clan. Is this, what a good is name. Is this movie good? It yeah, is. It's, it's good. I mean, it's really, it's pretty cheesy, um, yeah, but it's good. Yeah, I mean. The, the premise is pretty silly if you think about it. Um <laughs> but um, it's. Um, I don't know what the premise is. I don't the know. The premise is, is that there can only be one. Um, You've never seen Highlander? I no, I said that at the beginning. Like, yeah. I've never, I've never, I don't know, I don't know anything except for there can only be one. Yeah, so like I said, oh like most God. people have heard of this movie, but not everybody has like actually watched it. And I didn't watch it until, I don't know, four, maybe like seven years ago. Um, and I've only seen it like a few times now. Um, but uh, this is streaming on Prime, I believe. Yeah, it's on Prime. Oh, okay. nice. A lot of places, actually. Peacock free, Voodoo Tubi. And basically, uh, the Highlanders are immortal, um, and it kind of cuts back in between when uh, the titular Highlander, Christopher Lambert, is in, like, uh, Braveheart times, basically, and then it and most mm-hmm. of the movie takes place in uh, 1986 when the movie was made. Um, and basically he, uh, is, uh, out to, I mean, it's, it, the premise is weird because like there can be only one is like a creed, I guess, of the Highlanders. And the only way you can kill a Highlander is by chopping their head off. Um, <laughs> and it's, um, and like when you kill a Highlander, uh, you like absorb their energy basically. And the ultimate, yeah. the mm. ultimate, uh, goal is when you are the only one. You get the uh, the prize is what they call it, and it's basically just like the infinite knowledge, I guess, and uh, you can use it for good or evil, you know. Um, but I mean, if you are Highland, there's if there's if you're a Highlander, and then there's other Highlanders, 
and you're all like logical and not evil like Kurgan is, then there's no mm-hmm. reason to kill each other, you know? Yeah. Why, you <laughs> yeah just, why would you do that? Why can't you just, just pull, hang out? You like, could pull together all of your knowledge, and unless you're just like a morally corrupt uh, or just amoral like Kurgan is and just wants all the power, he wants to destroy everything because he's basically like a savage. Um, and then basically. I guess it's like vampire vampires, right? They they could they could get along, but in every movie, vampires <laughs> fight each other for some reason. Yeah, so it's, politics, man. Yeah, it's it's kind of a a premise that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but like in the movie, it's fun, I guess. Um, and it's worth right. it's worth a watch, especially if um, it's just a movie worth having in your in your library, I guess, in your mental library. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it just for you, Joseph. Oh, good. Um, and yeah, it's got a great, great soundtrack by Queen. Um, yeah, that's Queen right. I forgot about this that. movie. And yeah. uh, the the iconic "Who Wants to Live Forever" comes from this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, a movie about immortals. Mm. Um, <laughs> and they went on to make a Highlander two, The Quickening, and a Highlander three, and then they made a Highlander uh, TV show. Yeah, um, to- then a Toyota Highlander. Toyota yeah. Highlander. <laughs> yeah, Highlander 2, The Quickening, Highlander Endgame, Highlander Final Destination. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, you know, it, 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 the, the first one's really all you need to know about. Like, those sequels yeah. and all that stuff, it's kind of just like, yeah, like... It's and, no more, I'm, not, I'm on it, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, just watch the first one, because that's the only one I've seen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I have an anti-streaming pick. Another um, one. Oh. Yeah, and then I have two more after this one. Um Oh my gosh! So I'm in heaven. The uh, <laughs> the um, the Three Musketeers is a story of <laughs> the Three Musketeers. So it's it's a it's a old story that yeah. I know I know nothing about, um, and my the extent of my knowledge is now this movie, um, the Three Musketeers. The, Ar- the Orlando <laughs> Bloom one. It's uh, the one starring the uh, one Orlando Bloom. Um, and it is just not a good movie at all. <laughs> I've seen it. It's pretty bad. It's streaming on Prime <laughs> and Hulu. It stars uh, Mr. Darcy from Pride and Prejudice. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And Mila Jovovich, mm-hmm, Christian Oliver, Luke Evans. You may know Luke Evans from uh, the Hobbit movies. He played Bard and Beauty and the Beast where he played Gaston. Um and uh, the until uh, Schweiger, you might know him as uh, he was in Glorious Bastards. Um, yeah, yeah, he was uh, the one in the, prison. Uh, uh, yeah, the defector. Yeah, and um, the kid, and his, what, the kid plays a oh, Logan Lerman. Um, <laughs> he's been in some movies. You might you recognize his face, but uh, God, his character is the worst. My in- question is, how did <laughs> how, why did you watch the Three Musketeers? Why? Um, what brought you to this? Uh, Deanna wanted to watch it. She wanted to watch it. Yeah, she never. Your seen lovely it. wife. It looks. It looks like it could be really fun. Before. You know, and, and like you never know. It's like you could be surprised by a movie you thought like looked like a piece of shit, which is what I thought this movie looked like when I saw it coming out. Yeah. Um, well. This is directed by Paul, not Thomas Anderson, uh, Paul W. S. <laughs> Anderson, who directed the first Resident Evil movie. Um, Yes. Another Resident Evil movie, Event Horizon. Um, yeah. Mortal you know, Kombat. You know what? You know what, Joseph? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Monster Hunter. One sec. The uh, Highlander was directed by Russell McCahey, 
and he directed uh, Resident Evil Extinction. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> From 2007. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, The Three Musketeers, uh, yeah, don't watch it. The 2011 version is just a... I don't. It's not good in any sense. Done and to be honest. done. I mean, it's, okay. it was funny. It was funny, <laughs> like just to laugh at it, just how stupid it was. Mm. Um, but I would not want to put myself through that again. It's not even like a funny movie to watch, like with your friends. No, I mean it was it was funny to watch at the moment, but we regretted putting it on. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I have uh, my actual like streaming picks. Um, so this one's a documentary. Hey, hold on. You can't say that the, 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 the Tyler streaming picks aren't actually streaming picks, though. That's an insult. They are streaming, and I picked them. Um, oh, my God. But they are under the guise, <laughs> under the umbrella of which you pick your movies, which is that uh, everybody's seen them already. That's not true. Well, well, okay, no okay, okay. They're well-known right. no movies. No, you're right. You're right. I, so my next I movie is a habit of that. <laughs> my next movie is a little movie uh, called uh, Titanic. Um, directed by James Cameron, um, who also directed Terminator 2. Um, no. Um, dare <laughs> you. My next movie is uh, a documentary on Netflix that I've kind of been wanting to watch. I heard a little buzz about it. Kind of a weird. Uh, it's not. It's it's weird when you hear about the synopsis, but when you watch it, it's like, oh, okay. Uh, so this is my octopus teacher on mm-hmm. ah, yes. Netflix and it's basically about it. a man in South in uh, South Africa in a, like I think near Cape Town um he uh, basically lives on the coast of South Africa and he was like a filmmaker uh, he had a filmmaking career and um and he kind of got burnt out of it and he like he never wanted to like touch a camera or see an edit suite ever again um that's how much he worked, um, and he like he would go swimming in these uh, very treacherous waters near where he lived, um, and he like discovered this like one octopus that was like living, like or just in the region of where he would swim, and he would go there often, and he would see the octopus over and over again, and he sort of developed this uh, relationship with it, and he would go. Back to the back to the water every day, just to hang a out. Relationship. With this, yeah, hang out with this octopus, um, and like, like basically, he, it's kind of like a nature documentary, but just focusing on one thing, just one creature, um, and it's and it's all oh, shot. Kind of like horse girl. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> it's all shot by him, other than like maybe the interviews and stuff, and some of the B roll. But like all the, like, it seems like all the underwater stuff is mostly shot by him because most of this movie takes place underwater um and like he is just he's filming his the interactions that he has with this octopus him watching the octopus like Mm. um be chased by these sharks um and uh he's like not he he's not interfering with it he's just like watching it happen um and um it gets it i was surprised at how like emotional it got um yeah because it was almost like therapeutic for him, um, and uh, it's really kind of a sweet story. And you, I mean, much like nature documentaries, like uh, David Attenborough type uh, documentaries, you can kind of see emotionally where it's going to go, or you can uh, predict how it's going to go mm-hmm. by the end of it. Um, 
and you're maybe kind of waiting for that part and it's it's very sweet um and a very interesting documentary to to watch I, I second this it's fantastic yeah it's really good really okay emotional connection to a single animal in it is uh surprising especially something as complex as an octopus something that is mm-hmm. so doesn't look like us at all um as opposed to like, it's a, like an alien a, living on a Earth. mammal you know um something mm-hmm. on land you know that you can maybe relate to more with um this is a sea creature that it's basically an alien world um it's so bizarre the the creatures that live in the ocean um mm-hmm. But so yeah, so that's streaming on Netflix, and then this other one is also a documentary series, much darker subject that um, we we binged in one night, um, four episodes totaling about four hours total. Wow, one night, um, huh? nice. or almost four hours total. Um, this is called Night Stalker, uh, the hunt for serial killer or something like that, and basically it's about. Um, these killings that took place in the eighties, um, a series of attacks and rapes and killings of, of no like victim in particular. There was like old men, women, and children involved in this. Um, they were all victims. And so basically this guy, Richard Ramirez, who is the titular night stalker, um, basically just the, the, the detectives talking about, the crimes, the crime scenes, and how they went about trying to uh, to catch this guy, um, all the hints that they got, and the dealing with the media and the news, and like not allowing the news to publicize the information that they have, so that as to not tip off the Night Stalker, so that he would you know change like his the, his methods, you know. Um, so that he would continue getting away with his crimes. Um, but it's a, as like any serial killer documentary, like the Ted Bundy tapes or Don't Fuck With Cats, um, it's very engaging. And some of the crime scenes, uh, they show that like some crime scene photos are pretty brutal. Um, yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Uh, so yeah, and like the victims involved also and the nature of... His crimes are pretty depraved and just awful. Um, but it's very interesting to see how these detectives went about um, sort of catching this guy. And, um, you know, I know nothing, I knew nothing about this specific case, you know, much like kind of like Zodiac. I mean, everybody knows the Zodiac, but I never heard anything about this until now. Um, along with the Hillside Strangler, which was another one that is mentioned in this uh, documentary. So, yeah, that's streaming on Netflix. Sounds cool. uh, very, very interesting. Yeah. I watched it, too, this week. It's, it's, it's some pretty brutal stuff, and it's like, wow, there's really actual monstrous people out there. Yeah. There's, they're, they're out there killing people. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, they, they're in this bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I have two streaming picks as well and the first streaming pick is a movie that just kind of stuck out to me on my recommendation list on Amazon Prime. Uh, this movie is called Possum. Have you guys ever heard of Possum before? 
Yeah, I've seen it. It's uh, it was weird. Oh, you've seen it? Okay. Um, yeah. So this was the first cool cool concept. The 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 little creature monster puppet thing is a uh, fucking creepy as shit. It is. It is. I watched it just because I saw the movie poster on my recommendation list, and I was like, oh, this kind of looks interesting. Let's see what it's all about. And if any of our listeners are a fan of The Lighthouse or The Witch or any horror movies that deal with like an atmospheric sort of vibe, Possum is definitely a movie to check out, uh, especially because the ending is not what you think. And it, it completely erases everything that happens in the beginning of the movie. I was stuck to my screen watching this movie and plus i i was i was watching this movie like at like one o'clock in the morning with all the lights out too so i had the full effect of the creepy creepy atmosphere that this movie portrays uh this is directed by matthew holness which i don't think anyone would really recognize uh, his work like he's worked in tv a lot and he is actually... Isn't he a British? Yes. It's a British movie, right? Yeah, this is a uh, movie uh, that was put out in the UK. And uh, he was, he's also an actor, too. So it's not like he has like a whole repertoire of uh, movies that he's directed. But Possum was very well done. It's really just it's so weird in its structure too because at some points you think you know where you're at in the movie but then it takes you back into where you're actually are at and you're like thinking like oh well did that actually happen like what's going on here so it's like keeps you on the edge of your seat and it's a little bit of false na- false narrator narrator yeah or, uh, un- unreliable narrator yeah absolutely and the the it's not it's, it's what I really like about this movie, it doesn't rely on the creepiness of the puppet creature that is portrayed in the movie poster. It's much more than that. And I really appreciated that it didn't rely on, you know, creepy aesthetics. It was more so just how the movie was structured is what's creepy about it. Because you question yourself on what you're actually seeing. And um, that's why I kind of mentioned The Lighthouse uh, in regards to this movie is because in The Lighthouse, there's a lot of those scenes where you don't really know like if what is real and what's not. So Possum is streaming on Amazon Prime. High recommendation, really good movie. And my second streaming pick is a HBO series. It's a, I, I know it's not a movie per se, but it feels like a movie. It's a miniseries, uh, Chernobyl, directed by Craig um, Mazin. Yeah. Sh- you mean Chernobyl? You mean? Chernobyl. <laughs> it's not Chernobyl. Kidding, that, <laughs> that was, that was uh, from way, way early on in the, in, the, in the podcast, like episode 20. Wait, what? Really? Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned. Uh, I don't know if it was the series or a movie, but you mentioned Chernobyl. Oh no, I I well, not. I'll have to go back and see. But I, regardless, I re I watched this miniseries like I binged watched it. Like I watched all the episodes in like two days, and 
It's five episodes. It's not a hard watch in the sense that there's not a lot of slow parts to it. Like it definitely keeps you engaged on what's happening. And for me, like I really like radioactive stuff, you mm-hmm. know, like anything that has to do with radiation is is something that I'm going to check out. And I've always been enamored with the Chernobyl uh, situation that happened in the 80s because it's one of a kind. I mean, obviously, we went through Fukushima in a few years back, but before Fukushima, though, it was Chernobyl. And it basically, the series goes about how what happened and what the USSR did to rectify the situation. And it is gut-wrenching to see how all these people sacrificed their health and lives to save basically Eastern Europe as a whole. It wasn't, it wasn't just like the world. It was, it was, they explain it in one of the episodes. The guy was like, what happens if we just don't do anything? And the scientist is basically saying, well, you're going to have Germany, you're going to have Ukraine, you're going to have all of these countries affected with radiation. So we have to do something. Otherwise, you know, our country is going to be fucked. So Chernobyl streaming on HBO Max, uh, five episodes, about an hour and 10 minutes long each. My one criticism about Chernobyl is that they all talk in English, no Russian speaking. It's all English, and that kind of <laughs> that kind of took me out. But is it is it is it an American is it an American produced movie though? Well, or a show? yeah, I, yes, it is. But oh, the, the 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 problem I have with it though is that the the actors weren't speaking Russian, so it kind of and they kind of had like British accents too, trying to trying to convey like a Russian accent and it just yeah that's that's the way if if you just want uh if you want someone to sound foreign you just speak with the british (laughs) no matter what language it is just put british on it and there you go they're foreign so that it, it i i had to basically suspend my disbelief with their english speaking tones but other than that it's incredibly well directed uh, the writing's really good, and at the end of the series, it gives you like a little bit of a history lesson regarding all of the characters that are portrayed in the show. And this definitely feels like a movie, and that's because I was having like this internal conflict: oh, should I stream Picture Noble because it is technically like a TV show? And I basically was like, no, this feels like a movie. Like regardless of like what you classify as a movie. Watching five episodes of Chernobyl felt like a feature-length film. So uh, Chernobyl, yeah, that's, that's uh, streaming on Good. HBO Max. High, high recommendation. Uh, I think this is going to go down as. I mean, HBO is already known for their. It's been out, hasn't it been out? Hasn't it been out for a little while though? It's been out for years? two years. Yes. Okay. But every every yeah, person I've heard good things. Well, you know, every person I've talked to about Chernobyl who have seen it, they are like, yeah, I can't believe like I've saw it. Like this was incredible. <laughs> I know I watched it, but I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, so uh 
those are my two streaming picks. Uh, Possum streaming on Amazon Prime and Chernobyl streaming on HBO Max. Uh, I have uh, Adam not on the line, but ready to take a phone call from us. You guys want to talk to him about this uh, Friday night streaming movie? Yeah, let's let, session yeah, on Twitch. Yeah, let's pl- let's plug that. Yeah. Okay. I don't think there's. I don't think he has like a name for it yet, but we'll ask him. So we're gonna give Adam um, Adam Murphy's of Adam's Plops a call right now. Hello. <laughs> Hey buddy, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. How you guys doing? Oh, we're uh, we're having a ball over here. Doing we're great. About a, yeah, about a half hour or halfway uh, through the show, and I mentioned your uh, Friday night streaming movie uh, production you did, and kind of oh, hyped, yeah. hyped it up a little bit. And here, <laughs> I hear you're doing it again. You want to give us the details and kind of for you don't have to give us a plot, but uh, you know maybe just pr- promote your show. Oh yeah. Thing. Oh, I will. I will definitely prime you guys for for what's going on. Um, yeah. Uh, well, thanks for calling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks yeah. For, thanks for caring. You know, it's, it was a, it was a blast. I want, I can't wait to do another one. To be for real, it was. I mean, it's the closest thing to watching uh, movies together with friends in a group that we've had in a while. Dude, no kidding. I after we watched <laughs> it, seriously, I was like, I, I felt so good. Yeah, me too. Afterward, I was like, wow, like I actually felt like I was watching movies with my friends. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, cool. Well. Yeah, I thought maybe I would do something a little more serious, or not serious, but, you know, like, socially relevant or something, because the inauguration and current current events. But instead, I am not going to do that. Oh, okay. You're not going (laughs) to show RoboCop? No, we're not going to show RoboCop. No, we're going to show the 19... (laughs) Although, hey, maybe, who knows, someday. Yeah. I do love RoboCop. Um, yeah, so we're going to show the 1993 madcap comedy Freaked. Freaked? Freaked. Directed, co-directed, co-written, and starring Alex Winter of Bill and Ted. Oh, oh really? I don't know anything about this movie. What's it about? Uh, so, Alex Winter um, plays a uh, like conceited actor, asshole kind mm-hmm. of character. Um, who stumbles on to a freak show run by Randy Quaid. Huh, and, uh, naturally. naturally. And uh, he, his buddy, and this girl they kind of pick up get transformed in mutant freaks. Hmm. And uh, things go from there. All right. It's a comedy, you said? Mad Cat comedy? It's, yeah, it's, it's bonkers. It's like, <laughs> it's like if the Zuckers like wrote like a trauma movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, and yeah, so this movie, like I'd heard about it for a long time. The, there was a trailer on some VHS my parents owned. Hmm. And every time it came on, I was just like, I don't know what the fuck this is, <laughs> but I have to see it. And then I forgot about it for years um, until like a couple of years ago, and so I finally, yeah, found it, and it's it's unavailable anywhere. The Blu-ray's been out of print for years. Oh wow! Um, yeah, it's it was like a big studio movie too, but the studio just decided it wasn't going to do anything. Just buried just it, dumped it. Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, we probably shouldn't show Randy Quaid's real life in uh, on the big screen. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's that's twisted enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is pre. Well, yeah. Anyway, it's fun. It's it's really good. It's like Mr. T's in it. Brooke Shields is in it. Wow. Like it's crazy. Um. So just to remind the listeners, our classmates, the, um, this is yep. going to go down on Twitch. It's going to be this yep, this come this coming Friday, which is let's see, what is that? Twenty second. Friday the twenty second. Okay. And 9 p.m. as Western time. As, yeah, <laughs> yes. So Pacific Standard. We yeah. Uh, Bruce was in our uh, our last viewing. Uh, uh, Rusto Meyer is his name. He goes, oh, yeah. goes by on the internet, and he's he's uh, in the two hours ahead, maybe three hours ahead, even. So he's, oh, he's like, oh, I didn't have work the next day, so I'll just I'll just stay up till one and thirty in the morning watching this movie. Got it. <laughs> so. But, okay, but yeah. it's all good. I the mean, time, time zone is important, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so maybe maybe we we'll get uh, list, listener Brendan on the on the uh, on the stream this time. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, the more the merrier. Yeah, let's do really. it. Let's do it. Have have a good turnout. It, it's it was a good time. So, um, what's uh, how, where where can we we find you? Where can the classmates find you for this? I mean, I'm going to promote oh, it on well. the Facebook page too. But once you plug yourself, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I am Twitch TV slash trash is attractive mm-hmm. no spaces no periods trash is attractive yep we'll, that's me and we'll link right to there on uh, on the facebook page oh, we'll we'll give it yeah. we'll give it probably like friday morning and then we'll do it again friday night and let you know when we're going live cool yeah yeah and my the avatar is uh leatherface so <laughs> yeah, <they're great>. <laughs> <laughs> perfect yeah you can put a face you can put a face to the name of uh mr uh, adam murphy's adam plops yes yeah, Leatherface. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, uh, any, anything else you wanted to drop on us before we get? Because we're gonna review uh, Blue Valentine in a second. Right. Yeah, I, I didn't have a plop. I was talking to my wife about it. She she recommends um, the Diane Lane uh, Vigo Mortensen drama, A Walk on the Moon. Ooh, that was that was her recommendation. Yeah. I don't know about I don't know that a one. walk on the moon. Yeah, I, I, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. It's like 60s. She like, she like, I don't know. Apparently she, she meets Leah Shriver. They have a baby. Like she's pretty young. And then, you know, like 15 years later, she's having a sort of a crisis, hmm. you know, and uh, she meets Viggo Mortensen. He's Viggo Mortensen. He's the king of men. After all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I have- so, yeah, I don't know. It's, I've never seen it. I've never even heard of it, but she said it was good. So. What's, what's your wife's name again? Lindsay. Thank you, Lindsay. That's, Lindsay's that's Plops. That's Mrs. Plops to you. Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Plops. Um, all right, man. Well, uh, we'll uh, we'll keep uh, we'll keep uh, the word going, and we'll get some fun times going this Friday watching Freaky. Freak. 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 Oh, Freak. Duh. Sorry. Freak. Freak. All right. And the soundtrack is great. It's like it's one of those movies. You watch it, you're like, this needs to be seen. <laughs> it's oh. not perfect, but it's it's a it's a time. That's sure. uh that's that's why you've put, been placed on God's green earth for us. <laughs> <laughs> so, I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you Friday. Thanks, guys. See you later. All right, bye. 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 Uh, what, a good, what, a, what a delight! What a great guy. What a great guy. He's he's yeah. he's putting uh movies out there for our own pleasure you know he yeah he's doing the lord doing the lord he's 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 local celebrity adam murphy 
<laughs> Anyways. Um, okay, so, cool. So uh, let's get into some Blue Valentine. All right. So Blue Valentine, starring Ryan Gosling <laughs> and uh, some girl. Michelle Williams. Yeah. You're yeah. right. <laughs> Michelle Williams. Um, the main character. <laughs> I know. See, that's, that's called a joke. Um <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it might not landed. Uh, but <laughs> Blue Valentine is about Dean and Cindy Pereira. I, I don't know how to say the last name. Eh, yeah, it's not Pereira. Pereira. Uh, they're a young working class married couple. Dean currently working as a painter and Cindy working as a nurse in a medical clinic with a young daughter named Frankie, which is kind of weird. Uh, despite their relatively tender ages, they are both ravaged by the life they've act out together and by the experiences they've had leading into their marriage. Dean, a high school dropout, comes from a broken home where he never really had a mother figure. He never saw himself getting married or having a family, despite falling in love at first sight with Cindy. He doesn't have any professional ambition beyond his current work, which he enjoys since he feels he can knock off a beer at 8 o'clock in the morning without it affecting his work. <laughs> Jealous. Although Cindy believes he has so much more potential in life, Cindy also comes from a dysfunctional family with her own mother and father not setting an example of a harmonious married or family life. One of her pre... Tyler, how long is this synopsis? I'm, I'm almost done. Let me finish. <laughs> One of her previous serious relationships was with Bobby Ontario, that relationship which has a profound effect on many aspects of her marriage to Dean. Dean and Cindy head off on an overnight getaway together without Frankie, the getaway which may provide a clearer picture if their marriage can survive its many issues. So, Pete and Joseph, what were your initial thoughts about Lou Valentine? Uh, thank you for that Wikipedia article. Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> this, was, uh, this movie was a lot less sad than I think I was led to believe it was going to be. Really? Um, wow, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't really have a whole lot of uh, sympathy for Gosling's character. Um, mm -hmm. He was a person that I don't want to associate with. Sure. So I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, she's leaving him. Okay, cool. Well, fuck him. He's a dickhead. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> it's like I don't I don't really see the strife there. But really, besides her, basically living a life where she's attracted to uh, toxic men, uh, coming from the beginning. Don uh, Don Johnson plays her father, and he's he's a f real <laughs> fuckhead yeah. too. I'm just like that. Din the dinner scene when he flashes forward to him like smashing the meatloaf or whatever. Yeah. Was, was like, all right, that's everything I need to know about yep. the guy. He's pissed off at his sweet wife for making meatloaf. You know what an asshole. It did look like shit um, though, to but, be honest. <laughs> it, it did. Some, some of my favorite foods look like shit though. You know, take a bite, boy. <laughs> um. But I, I like uh, I liked it a lot. I, I enjoyed it. It was uh, if you didn't tell me this was Derek Cian Friends, I would guess it was. It sure. Had a part, I mean, it screamed of him. Yeah. You know? It was uh, it was uh, it was like Place Beyond the Pines light. No one dies, but it's just as heartbreaking, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and you see the uh, the tragedy behind people and what made at least what made her that way. You don't really see it from him. You just kind of see him as a shithead kind of alcoholic who's a roughneck and is too she's too good for him so um i enjoyed the ultra realism of it and i'm glad i watched it so there's that what about you joseph what was uh, was this your first time watching this movie 
No, this is probably my fourth or fifth time watching it. Whoa. Um, I watched this wow, like really? quite a few times, at least. Um, when uh, probably around the time it came out on cable. Um, Wait, this was on was, cable? <laughs> yeah, of course it was. Whoa. Uh, well, yeah, like HBO or something. Yeah, it was like on HBO, Cinemax, or Stars, or something. Um, and, um, and like, you know how like, cable shows or cable channels work with in terms of the movie channels. They, like, they play a certain movie for, I don't know, a couple months, and then it goes away. Yeah, over and over and again. And then it'll go to another, uh, it'll go to another uh, provider or another uh, company or whatever. Yeah. Um, and... Um, It'll be shown there for a while. So that's kind of how I watched it. I kind of watched it kind of whenever it was on, to be honest. Um, mm. I just I just liked watching it for some reason. Um, and it was pretty mm. in- influential for me at the time in terms of, like, writing and um, the characters and how to portray emotion and relationships. Because um, mm-hmm. two movies that I've made are both relationship based um and uh, this is this is blue valentine was part of the inspiration for that along with other things even the um, witch movie what the witch movie you made what witch movie the one the the one at the at the lake or river what uh, no i didn't make that movie <laughs> oh yeah. um, no i did not make that movie and i will not say the name of that movie on here too bad. I already said it. Um, Cens- censor me, damn it. Well, the power of editing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't you share this. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I liked it. Um, I, it didn't really bother me at the time, like, the sadness of it. I mean, it affected me, but it didn't really, like, bother me yeah, that much. Me I, didn't, I didn't, like, you know, I wasn't, like, depressed afterwards right after, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it was just, like, I liked... I, like Pete said, I like the realism of it, and especially the way it was filmed. I mean, it was filmed on film, um, and you could definitely tell. Um, yeah. And um, it just has that very organic look to it. You know, it's just it's almost raw. Like, sure. Yeah, it feel it feels like ultra realistic. Yeah. Um, and is it Sony Red? Is that also a film? No. Digital. I read. I, I read in the in the. Uh, trivia that the 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 younger years when they first met was filmed on 16 millimeters mm-hmm. sony super 16 or some something super 16 yeah and then the newer stuff when they're breaking up is uh was shot on a red camera oh a digital oh and interesting yeah like like you can like it feels because I, I felt like every once in a while i'd look at it and I'm like why does this seem grainier right uh, yeah and it's it's I, when now that younger. you say that i i the the i guess the present day stuff um, yeah, present is, day stuff is, does not feel very filmish. Um, and I think that's on. To, well, probably it's probably on purpose. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's de- um, definitely on purpose. Yeah, and um, yeah. So I mean, I like. <laughs> Oops! Uh, God dang it! It's, it's not as like bad <laughs> as I remember in terms of, I don't know, sadness, feeling like you like you're in a pit yeah, of despair. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a grittier version of Marriage Story, and a maybe more relatable version of marriage story the characters anyway and sure. their, their lives 
as opposed to like these um, Broadway theater company owning people who are yeah. rich. And <laughs> <laughs> it's the opposite of a Noah Baumbach yeah, movie. It's, I think I would, now that I've seen Marriage Story, I'd rather watch Marriage Story than Blue Valentine. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I think Marriage Story is sweeter and the ending is not as depressing. Um, it's still sad, but it's just, you know, you're not left feeling, God, that was a shit show, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. But we did get the, the use, I did get my introduction to Grizzly Bear, uh, from this movie. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the soundtrack of this film is dynamite. And, and one of the best credit scenes that I've seen in a movie, um, yeah, that was really mm-hmm. neat. I like that effect. Um, but yeah, I do. I enjoy this movie a lot. Um, I don't. I would recommend it to someone who hasn't seen it, but I wouldn't watch it. I I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have watched it again, to be honest, if I wasn't reviewing it on a podcast. Right, and I agree with you on that. Uh, as far I, I agree with both of your points on how it's not as sad as I thought it was because. For context, when I watched the, this movie for the first time, I was going through a pretty bad breakup, and I just I just love hurting myself with the sad shit when I'm going through that. Mm-hmm. So, and I saw Blue Valentine on an internet post saying like, "Oh, this is like a really sad, like realistic breakup movie," and I was just like, "Oh yeah, fill me, inject me with that sadness." And so, <laughs> hook it up to my yeah. veins. <laughs> and so I watched it and. I, I it, it is really good in the sense that it doesn't draw out some of the, the despair. It, it kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat as far, or not, I shouldn't say on the edge of your seat, but it keeps your interest every 10 minutes because I feel like 10 minutes is in the present and then after 10 minutes they kind of do this thing where they show the opposite of what they're feeling in the present moment with a happy memory that they are feeling. And I thought that was really well done. And I think one scene in particular is when it's kind of near the end where they are like having the uh, fight about it when they're in the, ho- the, the, the futuristic hotel room. The future room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the future room. And then it goes back to them, like, kind of being, like, in a more innocent mind st- mindset. And not to kind of be all over the place here, but Ryan Gosling's character ages so quickly in this movie. Because you have to assume that when they first meet, the character is, the, the Michelle Williams ca- character is 18 years old, and then Ryan Gosling's character is... I would say 20 years old. I'll, I'll just put that out there. He was 20 and she was yeah. 18. And then their daughter, Frankie, I can only assume is seven years old. So there's mm. a seven year... A little too old, I think. She's like five yeah. or six. She's like five. Oh, maybe. you were... Oh. She was, and by, by the way, she was, she was one of the cutest kids I've ever seen in a movie. Adorable. <laughs> she was adorable. Um, adorable. Well, I assumed that she was seven years old when I was watching it. And so seven years has passed since they first get together. And so Ryan Gosling is 27 and then Michelle Williams is 
25. But Ryan Gosling, he looks like he's like a middle-aged man. Like, did you notice like he's how... He's an old man. Like, did you notice how like it's, different his... Hair receded. His um, hair receded. It, yeah, wearing they, the... They wearing, really, really good job of the hair the hair transition on him I th- to the older yeah. version. I, I thought think, it was good. Um, it was just, it was just like, it's, it, how the hell they it do was that? just so extreme though. You know, like it's it, like, had they done a time. Hey Tyler, what about, what about, do, what about the fact, maybe, maybe that is a intentional because he changed so much from his kind of chivalrous introduction to her life to now he's just this kind of prick who doesn't try anymore. And he just he's not he's not completely bald and ugly and fat. He's just getting there and he aged very quickly. Maybe that's uh, uh, a little bit of a, a wink to that because she looks damn near the same. Yeah, I, um, just a little more tired. Well, they did a good job with making her look like she had a child. Like yeah. she looks yes. like a mom. And when you see her before pre child, um she they did a good job making young. her look younger. Like she looks like mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. like I don't know, 18, 19. Um, I think Gosling's character was probably already like 24, 25. Oh, so you um, think he was older than... Yeah, I think he was already older. Um, mm-hmm. Not that it's like relevant. I don't think that, that really matters. Well, it's kind but... of relevant just due to the like it's the image change that he goes through when oh, he's young. Oh, it's all that smoking. Uh, well, I smoking and drinking beer at eight eight. Yeah, well, that's that, all that's, oh, oh, he is a smoker and he's an alcoholic. So that's I. Well, you know, I I don't know much about biology, and I don't know if <laughs> drinking in the morning and smoking will do that to you, but it will. <laughs> Spoiler well, alert! You know, I haven't gone through that. Just give it some time. <laughs> <laughs> call, call me, in, but also um, genetics. You don't know, but yeah, call me in seven years, Gosling. I um. <laughs> But anyways, I thought that I I did choke up on a few parts of this movie just because it is like you said, Joseph, it, it is relatable um, for me because I've been in relationships where the, uh, the passion is just so strong at first meet. And then you don't realize that being in a long relationship isn't like the passion dies out eventually then it becomes work you know it becomes work to be in a relationship and they did the director portrayed that work very eloquently with the mannerisms that michelle williams and ryan gosling interact with each other in the present time you know especially in the breakfast scene where she's making instant oatmeal and you know she's just like yeah just eat your breakfast you know like this this is what you need to do in the morning. And then Ryan Gosling, Dean's, or I should say Dean, he's he's just, you know, playing with his daughter, like being very carefree. And she, as a full-time working mom and working in the medical field as well, like being a nurse, which is not an easy job to do. You can tell she's just like, I'm, I, th- this charismatic bullshit does, does not hit me like it used to anymore. Like, I don't care. Please just make your daughter eat. Like, why are you doing this on a daily basis? Can we just, she says like three or four times that she's like, I I only, I already have one child to raise. I don't need two. Exactly. Or we're, we, we went away for the weekend to get to a a week without a weekend without 
children. Yeah, yeah. You know, please grow up. Please grow and up. All the um, that charm is all gone, the charm that she was charmed with is no longer charming. No, exactly. It, <laughs> it was. It's only charming because, as a as her younger self, she was trying to escape this like mundane life of you know, dating an asshole jock, having a dysfunctional family. And she saw Dean as an escape to that, but really, that char- that charisma only goes so far. More the same. Um, did you guys know that um, they the way that Derek Sian friends shot this? They they did three weeks of sh- filming for the young scenes. They got that out of the way, and then they put both um, Gosling and Michelle Williams and the girl, the young girl, for most of the day into a house and they lived there for a month together until they shot the second half the older versions and then they they aged them but they got uh, they got they were able to start to learn to get on each other's nerves and nitpick at each other all the Mm -hmm. time and cause fights and Derek Sanfran would basically give them alternating objectives in a fight and all of um, all of the uh, argument scenes were mostly improv that's they gave him like a yeah a little bit of a little bit of a, like an outline but um, Gosling's character his objective was basically just to keep her attention and Michelle's character was to just get out, away from him basically so they were yeah. actually fighting I was on set. I was thinking about that like in the one scene in the uh in the shower in the future room and he's like trying to kiss yeah. her and like I was just thinking like I wonder what he told her and I was like Maybe he just told us like just resist him as much as possible. Like just resist his yeah. advances, yeah. Or, uh, reject his advances as much as possible. And then he told Ryan Gosling the opposite. Like just keep trying. Like <laughs> don't stop. Well, yeah. which is hard to do when it's Gosling kissing. You. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like how how could you resist that? But it 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 really with that fact being said, it makes it way more interesting because the way they portray their relationship in the present time is it's more nuanced than just like your marriage story where there's like a clear cut of like Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver just like they're already apart but in Blue Valentine you're seeing them trying you're, you're seeing one person trying to get closer to their partner and then the partner is already completely checked out like they're ready to mm-hmm. move on and i really like the way that this film portrays that nuance because it's not so clear cut because at some points you can relate to ryan gosling's character on holding on something dearly while you can also relate to michelle williams character on being checked out in a relationship and just like, oh, you know what, this this isn't going to work out and I'm only here for the kid. Another interesting thing about the production of the movie is that uh, the director wanted, he pitched to the producers that he wanted to go like a boyhood um, direction where they shoot the oh, first Oh, where it's half. filmed over several years? No, just wait. Just shoot, How? shoot the... Boyhood wasn't even made. I know, I'm just saying, I'm referencing it. He didn't say boyhood. I'm just saying he, okay, he, he like, wanted to record future movie boyhood. <laughs> yeah. He wanted to record their young their young parts and then six years later get the crew back together and record the last half. And the huh. the producers said, No way. No way. That would have there been impossible a- because Ryan Gosling doesn't age. He looks the exact same age that he does in this movie in present time right now. 
um, the, the other thing that was really, um, oh, what was it? I just had a, I just had a brain fart. Um, gosh, what was it? My, sorry, my turtles are fighting right next to me. So I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to like, yeah, I'm trying to like keep them off each other. They keep ramming each other. Well, I guess I guess Boyhood was in production when this movie was being made, probably. Oh, was yeah, it? I think it, yeah, it was. Well, I, I, think I guess because so. it was a, it's a twelve year span. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he heard about so it. So like, let's do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, I remember what it was now. After they shot the first half with the young the young versions, they he there was an actual sit down production meeting with all of the executive producers and the producers and the writer and director and everybody, and they wanted to release it and just call it Valentine. Uh, not my blue Valentine or my Valentine or something. They wanted to just release the movie of just the young version and just show them getting together. They said they oh. they thought they had a good enough of a movie with all the because they didn't show obviously didn't show all the footage they shot for it, but they thought they had a good enough movie of them coming together and creating this relationship. They were just going to call it Valentine. Uh, and then but that that, that would have just been in another Notebook though, you know. Like that's why it didn't happen. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's funny, when I was watching this movie, I was thinking about The Notebook, too. I was like, how, like, in The Notebook, Ryan Gosling still plays, like, a creepy weirdo in, in this, and they don't... And it's a toxic relationship in that movie, Yeah, too. and they don't, but they, they portray it as romantic, whereas in Blue Valentine, he's still that character, but it is definitely portrayed as a toxic relationship and i really appreciated that they the writers went above and beyond to portray ryan gosling as a toxic partner because he is and i place no blame on cindy the the character cindy for doing what she did in the movie she was pretty much blameless yeah she's she's a she's the She's the good one. She comes out like clean on the other side. She's there's no, I can't find one thing that she's done that warrants her be labeled as the bad guy. And I was thinking like also too is that this is the perfect analogy for young passionate relationships because I'm not going to speak for you guys, but for me, you know, like my first love, it was a very passionate experience. But then once the passion wears off then you have to start dealing with like the real world shit and Mm. that romantic charisma does not equal into a healthy relationship long term when you're having to deal with real world stuff and so with blue valentine it really that's why i really liked it cut with polarizing scenes with them being young and in love and then in the present day them just absolutely Mm -hmm. despising each other but you can mm-hmm. kind of tell in the present that they wanted to want to be together. But I think the idea of having a normal functional life, it just doesn't work based on. Well, let me, a- their- let me ask you, do you think, do you think that the, in, in the situation where there is a kid in play, uh, not the, not the band from the eighties, um, but an actual <laughs> child, do do you, <laughs> Do you think it's worth um, overlooking uh, the shitheadery of a uh, of one of the partners for the sake of the child, or do you think that the right thing is to, in like specifically this situation? Do you think that the right thing is to just uh, go your separate ways and let Frankie be raised by the mom? 
in this specific situation, I think it is the right thing for them to separate because we get to the, I would say, the climax of the movie where he drinks that re- the half a handle of whatever booze is left in the future room and goes straight to Cindy's workplace, punches out a doctor and is like scaring all of the other workers. Uh, that scene was really nerve-wracking for me. I was like, oh, my God, he's just fucking everything up. Mm-hmm. The whole, All of it's just fucking up right now. He's just ruining it all. Yeah. Yeah, and so in this specific relationship, it's best that they are not together. Or maybe uh, Dean finds some mental help and then comes back and it's like, okay, like, I'm, you know, I'm not an alcoholic anymore. Like, I can handle real life and then maybe you could have a blue valentine too and have them reconnect <laughs> in a more healthy way but then at the end of the movie they realize oh we're not in love really we were just passionate in the in in, in the moment that i think that would be good uh yeah i don't i, don't, I have no desire to see what any of these characters are doing from now on because you know in reality they just seem like run-of-the-mill run-of-the-mill people like uh just a relationship yeah. like normal jackoffs like you and i <laughs> but and but, that, that's true and i but it, I, i'm on your side as well too as well is i don't want to see what happens because i feel like this movie ends on a really it's you don't get answers but you can infer what happens like okay so that yeah. so they they get they a get divorce, a divorce yeah. and then frankie visits her deadbeat dad and you know i think you can this infer movie what more happens of like a, more of like a like a cautionary tale like here's what not to do if you don't want to, i know if exactly here if you're a guy up. yeah exactly yes here's what not to do yeah, and, i mean he does he does he makes so many like stupid mistakes about like how to treat a a, a woman that you supposedly love you know actually listen yeah, to her yeah. when she's telling you to stop you know <laughs> that, that sort of thing you know, being a good being a good father and you know entertaining your child are not mutually exclusive things. But you know, if you're constantly just being the um, funny, fun dad and never disciplining them, it's like you're you're driving a, a, a stake between your relationship with your wife. It's yeah, like and also the up. relationship between the daughter and the mom. You're too. telling me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right. There is there is going to be a, a fractured relationship between the daughter and the mother too, if she's always the one. But and and I thought about that uh, while watching it because, um, you know, your relationship with your parents change after you graduate and move out into the real world and start seeing life for what it is, and you have sometimes more respect for them and sometimes less respect for them. But that that um, yeah. disciplinary role, the 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 leader figure. Um, mm-hmm. in most situations, at least in my experience, when you feel that th- about someone, it, it disappears as you get older. Cause you, then you realize you're like, okay, that was good for me. Or maybe, or maybe they were really an asshole. Like, um, uh, Cindy's mom was to her or whatever her character's name was. Well, you know what I, you know what I was thinking as well too, is that I feel like he, he says in the movie, I never want to get married or have kids. Or I don't know if he says he never wants to have kids, but he definitely says he never wants to get married. So I feel like him having this air of immaturity is being projected on that attitude of he never wanted to be 
married or have kids. Even though he says in he, one of the lines, he was just like, I never knew I didn't, I never knew I wanted to be married or have kids when uh, Cindy is like questioning them over drinks. He's saying like, don't you want to do anything? And he's like, no, this is what I want to do. But when you see his behavior, especially at the end of the movie, you're just thinking like, okay, well, no, it kind of just seems like you're forced, you were forced to do it. Not that you never knew you wanted to do it. It just seems like this, he, you, you were forced to do it. It's, I mean, it's not like he, he, he wasn't forced to be in a father, a child that isn't his. I don't know. His it's, dick told him otherwise. Um, it wasn't his child. Wait, oh, yeah, it wasn't well, his I child. Well, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, because, like, the scene, the abortion scene, the not non-abortion scene, I should say, um, he uh, makes the decision to stay with her. Um, but he, like he says later in the movie, he's like, I never wanted to be a husband. I never wanted to be a dad. Um, and um, he kind of, like, we didn't know that, obviously, at that point <laughs> um, until he says that. And I can't remember which scene came first. Um the scene on the bus where he's telling her, like, oh, let's start a family. Um, uh, I can't remember which scene came first of him letting us know that he didn't want to be, he didn't want to have a family, essentially, or that I scene. think it was the, no, um, I think he said it first, it, because when they, oh, well, actually, no, yeah, no, because they, when they go on the bus for the first time, like, when he's, like, being a creepo and stalking yeah, her, he says, essentially. He says, it pretty, he says it pretty early on. Yeah, uh, he says it like before he plays that uh, uh, the song in the. No, 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 no. I'm saying when he's on the bus, like hugging her after yeah. the point, the abortion. Yeah, that was that was after he said that. Said that he didn't want to have. He never wanted to have yeah. kids. Yeah. Okay, but um, that scene was very emotional. Oh, um, it was. I felt that though too. Like, I mean, it, it's such a a flurry of emotions going because you know you have your pregnant girlfriend and it, it's it's them against the world you know what i was okay so what i was getting at is that he although he didn't he's in this life now where he has a kid and a wife that he says he didn't want but didn't mm -hmm. know that he wanted until he had it um he and although he did make the choice himself to stay in the relationship after knowing that the kid wasn't his and then he was going yeah. to be the father to this kid, um, like in this new relationship, it's a very, it's like a brand new relationship. And like already he's like taken on this responsibility of yeah. it is taking a care of being a dad. Um, even though the choice was his, it a still really isn't decision. the most yeah. fair thing to him. Because of mm -hmm. how immature he is, yeah, I feel like it was it, it was very similar to his uh, handsome Luke from *Please Be on the Pines*. His approach, oh to yeah, that's what I was thinking his, too. His approach to fatherhood was like, "Let's just me and you. We'll pack up. We'll drive across the country. You know, we'll stop somewhere, start a life. You don't like it? Fuck you. We're gone." But yeah, that's that's a very immature approach to how we're gonna like do our live our life together. And when when he <laughs> found her, he was just. He, well, one aspect that we didn't mention at all is that he was talking to the guy at his job about how he meets girls. So yeah. this might have been like his first real girlfriend, probably was. 
Mm-hmm. He's very unsure of himself with the ladies, and then all of a sudden he gets this beautiful woman who is funny and fun and loves him, you know, and puts out, and then <laughs> and then all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden he's like, oh, I'll be, I'll be your dad, I'll be your father, your child. Yeah, yeah. It's so, very quickly it's, when it's like that's it, not a good decision to make, you know. No. Yeah, and so it's it's that passion that you know people have when they're in the honeymoon phase of their relationship that's like oh it's we'll di- do let's do anything we'll do anything and everything together and then well you get it's the difference between love and lust and he was he was definitely yeah. in lust and but who knows whether he's in love because it did well, his, act, his actions didn't show like he was you know yeah yeah so it's, i think this was a really this was a really good portrayal of first love uh for young couples, because I've I've seen it before in real life of maybe not this exact situation, but people being in love very young and then they think it's just them against the world, but they don't realize that a successful monogamous relationship takes time and work and understanding and, and sacrifice sacrifice exactly and what blue valentine really portrays is that honeymoon phase of charisma just does not last like of course relish in it when it happens but you have if you really love someone you have to put in the work and ryan gosling i i think he loved the idea of being with cindy I, I don't think I don't think he really realized like what a relationship was, and I think that is why I really like this film a lot, and why I don't think it's as sad as I thought it was is because I think it's this is a really good representation of what you and Joseph said. Uh, you, Pete and Joseph said it's uh, what not to do <laughs> as mm-hmm. a uh, as a significant other. Hey Joseph, and, Joseph, let me interrupt you, Tyler. Um, you you are a uh, you are a, a young love that's blossomed into a successful marriage. So, you know, so far, so, so, so far. <laughs> hey, I, I think you I think you got it. You got fifty fifty chance. You're going to be one of the good ones. Um, Don't be a Ryan Gosling. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which one's the Ryan Gosling in our relationship? <laughs> Deanna You're the, the Ryan sauce? Gosling in my relationship. That's what we say to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Did Deanna hit, Deanna hit the sauce before she goes to school in the morning? Yeah. She <laughs> have no idea. Those kids, they'd be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to take the edge off, you know. <laughs> um, well, but did you, do you think that, uh, you think this is a little overdramatic for all that? You know, what Tyler says, this is, this is a accurate, accurate portrayal of young love, first love. No, I mean, it's pretty, it's, I mean, I've never heard of somebody um, trying to swoon someone by playing them ukulele in the (laughs) middle of the street. Um, It was a very nice scene, but I feel like maybe that was a little, like, dramatized. But um, um, I think, um, I think they, I think they, they got it at the, the, like just wanting to be together. Um, I kind of, I did get the, maybe it was just a nostalgic feeling because while, when I watched this movie, it was around the time that me and Deanna started dating. Mm -hmm. Um, So like it was kind of, I guess the similar feeling, the younger part of the movie 
that I was also feeling that way. I wasn't uh, being, at least I don't think I was being toxic um, <laughs> from my perspective. Um, um, I'm sure so, there's a Star Wars quote in that one. I um, I think in the later years, though, the way they portray the uh, the nuances in the way that they talk to each other was pretty well done because um, there's there's a scene where where she runs into Bobby Ontario in the store and then she tells him on the car ride home and then it kind of turns into like him being upset about it when when she was telling him she was like yeah. you'll never guess what I saw in the store like she was excited to tell him um, yeah yeah and then he's like um angry at her he, for even he's like talking angry to him. at her for telling him but also not telling him sooner yeah, um, it just it, it classifies all of the toxic things that he has said, and then she kind of tries to backpedal. It's like, oh, uh, yeah, you should have seen him. He was fat. He was a fucking greasy ass. He's like, what does uh, that matter to me? Sleaze ball, yeah. you know. And then he's like, he's like, why, why would I care about that? What are you trying to say about me? You know, it's like, it's like, but her, but she was in, that was in, warranted though. I think because she's she's just trying to like avoid a fight, and he's very quick to fight. Yeah. yeah, he's very, sure, he's very gaslighting about him. And then I just, it's it was very, like, like I can kind of get the emotions that he was feeling. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, he's, like, it's like he's assuming that she's assuming something. Yeah. You know? It's, like, a lot of inferring yeah, going it, on. It's, the, it's, the, what, it's the classic traits of a toxic relationship, and I well, think he didn't want to be treated with kid gloves. Is is that whole back and forth? Was she's yeah. like, why you know, why didn't you tell me? I I can handle it, and he's he's earned the fact that she needs to treat him like that. She needs to withhold information because he's an, an asshole that'll fly off the hinges and probably beat that guy's yeah. ass inside the grocery store and ruin their yeah. weekend. Well, I I think we've said enough about blue valentine I, i'm sure we could go Have on we? Much. I, yeah <laughs> i feel like i'm missing a whole bunch well no i mean we because blue valentine is really about the it, it's really about the themes rather than the overall plot i mean what questions did we answer in this episode there's no question regarding this movie oh well i guess i could say Was it that sad no is it sad nah. yes yeah it's sad <laughs> But not as sad that as I portrayed it to the audience members and to you guys. Yeah, every, t- every uh, time. Who was been... in the? Who was the main character? Michelle Williams. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We did it. We really, right. we really broke it down. Okay, well, so um, let's get into some gradings for Blue Valentine. Uh, Pete, what would you give this grade? Um, I hmm. I give it a, um, I give it a B. Yeah, it's a B. Yeah. B for me. That sounds. It was fine. That sounds it was about right. Fine enough. Um, yeah, I mean, it was shot well and I liked the, the acting was good in it, but there wasn't enough like impactful, um, emotional scenes for me to say like, wow, this is, you know, they really shined, you know, Michelle Williams just, uh, crushed it out there because there was, I mean, she had the most emotion out of all of them, but Gosling, I mean, he was just yeah. playing a dick the whole time and then had a few, a few emotional spots, uh, throughout, but, uh, I mean, in the younger parts, you're you also are like, kind of like oh he is charming. Yeah, he That's does a good right. job. He, I mean, he play he plays to his strengths of a uh, uh, swoon worthy uh, leading man. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but but it was not nearly as sad as everybody 
has kind of hyped it up to be. And maybe if I didn't hear all the hype before, I'd be sing- singing a different tune. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, totally worth a watch. I mean, Brian has been avoiding this one, and I told her after I watched it, I was like, "You should, you should give it a watch. You'd like it. You don't need to see it, but you, you'd like it." It's um, not as bad as you probably think it is. Deanna yeah. doesn't like it. Um, mm. She doesn't like. There is a lot of, oh, not a lot, but there is like a couple very uncomfortable, like scenes in it. Especially like the the, I don't know. I wouldn't call it a sex scene, but more of like a a rape yeah, fantasy that was, scene. That was sex. Um, and between uh, when they're in the future room and like she's like that was sad. telling him to hit her. And yeah, that was that was their whole relationship was just to watch spiraling like, down a toxic rabbit I mean, trail at that part. Yeah, in the yeah. scene where he in in that same scene, he's just like, "No, I don't want you to give up your body. I want you." Like I was just like, "Oh my god, <laughs> easy." Yeah. All right, uh, Joseph. Uh, oh! Joseph, what do you? Th- oh! oh my god! <laughs> yes. Oh god! I can't believe you recorded that. Uh, I'll again. No. <laughs> great. Uh, Joseph, great, what do you give drop. this uh, movie? Hmm, I didn't even think about a grade up until now. Um, I think I would give it a... When I first watched it, it was probably like an A uh-huh. back in 2011. Um, but now I think it's a B plus. Okay. A B plus for B plus Blue Valentine. Damn you! I was gonna say that. Stealing <laughs> <laughs> my guys. bits, yeah. writing yeah. jokes. Yeah, well, I, um, I I hacked into your computer and I saw your jokes. Uh, some of them are good. <laughs> I um, yeah, it's very good. Very. Uh, I think it's an intro to Derek Cian France. Um, sure. If anything, I think Pines is a better movie. Oh, absolutely, um, absolutely. It's more epic. Um, it is more more robust of a story, um, and they're very they're very similar though in terms of like the time and the editing and yeah. um, how and things the scenery too kind of intertwined. Uh, intertwined. I mean, yeah, both these movies are filmed on the East Coast. Um, East Coast man, East Coast director. Also, Sound of Metal, even though it's not Cian France, but it's a very similar in terms of how it looks um, emotionally as well. Um, story-wise, obviously very different. B-plus for Blue Valentine. Uh, very influential for me <laughs> nice. when it came out and when I watched it the first time. Now, it's I would probably just not watch it again. Um, I would probably just watch Marriage Story <laughs> if I want to watch a couple breaking up. Oh, you know? that's right. Um, I'm on the same boat as both of y'all. Uh, B for Blue Valentine. Uh, I watched this movie to hurt myself, but then I realized this movie is more than just hurting myself. It's uh, it's just a genuinely so good movie. Today. Will I watch it again? No, probably not. I'll probably watch uh, Beyond the Pines again before I watch this movie. And as Joseph said, if I want to watch a breakup movie, I will watch Marriage Story again or midsummer uh, <laughs> yeah, Hell yeah but, girl it's funny you mentioned that i i'm planning on watching midsummer later on tonight um but anyways yeah uh b 
solid B. It's a really, really well shot film. And I think that the segments of the past and present happening every 10 to 15 minutes is really what keeps the plot moving forward and keeping you engaged. Blue Valentine, uh, apparently streaming on HBO Max. Uh, yeah. So classmates, check it out. Uh, let us know on our respective social medias. All and right. if you just listen to this entire episode without having seen the movie, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, so, you know, sometimes well, sometimes people like to watch things before or uh, listen to things before they watch them. I don't know. I, I'm not one to judge here. I'm a man <laughs> of the people. All right. So I know what goes That's on. That's a damn lie. You know that. Anyways, before we uh, get to the wheel or anything, uh, I meant to ask this. Do, do we have any, like, listener e- emails, letters, what have wow, you? Wow, seamless transition, Tyler. <laughs> yes, we yeah, do have it. It's called <laughs> professionalism. <laughs> uh, Ever heard do, of it? <laughs> yeah. We do, have a, we do have an email here. Uh, oh, uh, to to the email, the podcast email, mcfcpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, this is from listener Brendan, <gasps> one of our uh, oldest and most faithful listeners. So uh, oh, Brendan, Brendan writes. This is for you, Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> Brendan writes, hey, classmates, wanted to say thanks for finally selling some merch. The new T-shirts are awesome. Uh, while I wait for your Patreon, this will have to suffice for now. Maybe the next <laughs> thing you could t- sell is a hat or a beer mug that says, I need context. Um, (laughs) he he continues uh i also i appreciate you guys reviewing the passion of the christ i'm not religious in in the least but i do agree with tyler when he wanted to do a movie with other podcasts aren't talking about this notion is actually the very reason i found you guys in the first place almost a year ago i saw the film enemy and immediately wanted to hear what others thought about it so since it's so weird i scoured the internet for podcasts and you were one of the only ones with an episode dedicated to it Yes. If, if you hadn't reviewed that one strange spider story, I may have never found you. Keep up the good work. Huh. Listener Brendan, P.S. Tyler and Company was pretty entertaining. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what, that's what it's all about. You know, it's, it's secret spider societies. Yeah. So um, thank you, Brendan, for, for writing in. And Brendan's our first official uh, uh, non-friend or relative that has the podcast shirt. So it's very cool. Thanks. Thanks. For, yes. Uh, I mean, I, organic I, listener. I feel, yeah. I, feel, I feel like we need to have Brendan like on the show like at one point, you know, just for a show of, pre- of appreciation. Jesus Christ, my turtles are about to take down my fucking desk. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> they're they're legitimately fighting right now. <laughs> Keep down, boys, boys, boys. Hey, we got business to attend to here. This is very uh, anti-professional. <laughs> uh, they, they, they literally slid my desk like a foot to the left. Oh my god, <laughs> what are yeah, these violent bitches. turtles? Well, you know, they got to get their wiggles out somehow. Um, <laughs> I thought they were hibernating or something. All right. Uh, well, it's, it's getting warmer. It's actually really warm in this room, too. Yeah, so, well, yeah, I mean, it's like it's, 70 outside. It's been uncharacteristically warm in January, so it's concerning. But anyways, we're, this is a movie podcast, not a goddamn weather channel podcast. <laughs> anyways, I have a movie to replace my movie on the wheel. So, uh, Pete, hold on, would you... Hold on. We got we to gotta, we got some music. You ready? All right, ladies and gentlemen. Now it's time for the Wheel of Destiny. That's right, ladies and gentlemen blue valentine's off the wheel tyler what do you have to replace it this week uh so taking blue valentine off the wheel and i'm replacing this movie with a movie that i watched when i was really young 
and only remembered actually today. And I don't know if it's good or not. <laughs> so we'll, we'll find out. It's called Cold Creek Manor, starring oh, God. Dennis Come Quaid on. and Sharon Stone, made in 2003, directed by Mike no. Figgis. No. Why no? I don't, I don't know about this movie. What's up with this movie? Uh, God. So, it's, is, it, is it bad? What is it? What is well, this? Oh, Tyler, Tyler well, silence yourself. I want to hear from Joseph. Okay. It's just like, it's a really bad. Just, <laughs> fuck. God damn you, Tyler. Well, I don't know. Hey, I'm just saying, I just wanted to review a movie that I had. I, I didn't want to. I wanted to review a movie that I hadn't watched in a long time. Hey, I thought it'd be I, fun. Uh, about, pick a, I pick remember a new movie. My, my parents went to go see this movie. I watched it later. My parents went to go see this movie together, and they mm-hmm. came back, and they, they told me that everybody in the theater was laughing at this movie. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and then I watched <sighs> it, and... Um, yeah. Cold Creek Manor on the wheel. I'm going to recap what's has, on the wheel. Okay. Yeah. We got uh, a newly added co- Cold Creek Manor from Tyler, McGruber from Pete, Cube from Tyler, Punch Drunk Love from Pete, uh, Fan Pick, Joseph's Fan Pick, Destroyer from Joseph, and the other natural fan pick. So we got this whole bank of Joseph ones, <clears throat> which I think we're due for. Okay, you guys ready? I am. Give this spin. See what we're going to watch next week. Episode 73. Oh, shit. It did land on Destroyer. Oh, <laughs> wow. The wheel is spoken. Oh, yeah. yeah, we've been Be talking strong. about how it's been a while since we've had a, a, a Joseph pick, and Destroyer's been on there for ages. Yeah, I can't wait <laughs> to watch yeah, this. I've been actually, I've, I've actually been hearing a lot of good things about Destroyer, so I'm really excited to see it. Destroyer, starring Nicole Kidman, released in 2018. Uh, police detective reconnects with people from an undercover assignment in her distant past in order to make a piece. That's an IMDb. Nicole Kidman looks not like Nicole Kidman in this movie. Not uh, she looks like Tilda Swinton. Starring Nicole Kidman, uh, Sebastian Stan, Scoot McNary, Bradley Whitford, um, and those are the only people that I recognize in this Sweet. cast list. Um, well, yeah, streaming on Prime. No, wait. Yep, Prime. Oh, sure. nice. Sweet. It was on Hulu. Oh, no, wait. Hold on a second. Let me just double check here uh, just to make sure that in case our listeners want to watch and don't want to pay for it. Um, Destroyer it is on Hulu. Oh, Hulu. Okay, cool. Streaming on Hulu. You can rent it on Amazon, but streaming on Hulu. Ah, gotcha. Well, can't yep. wait for that. <clears throat> um, All right. Until next time. Episode 72 in the books. Uh, we'll see you next week. Episode 73 when we review Destroyer. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast, and send us an email mcfcpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on twitter at podcast mcfc and please follow us on instagram at middle class film class for all of your memes and previews the memery and what have right. you thanks for listening everybody see you next week see ya see ya marty mcfly definitely finger banged his own mom <laughs> <laughs>